In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is... Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. What can I say about Katie Allen? About 10 days ago, she was a non-hunter. Today, she's a hunter. She's in the food, locavore, I guess, gastro movement. She's got a large following, 80,000 people, 90,000 people. A community that's made up of probably 80% non-hunters, probably vegans, probably vegetarians. She is exactly the kind of person we want in our tribe. And exactly the type of person that needs to communicate exactly what she felt when she took life for the first time. And that's what she did publicly on her Instagram. And so I reached out and I said, I'd love to learn more about your story. So enjoy. So I, you know, I have to compliment you right off the bat. It's a great way to start. Australian, then South African, you you got it right. It's amazing how many people get it wrong. Um, But, um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for getting the accent right. 
My pleasure. <laughs> I love your hat, by the way. Oh, so this hat, this is a brand new hat I just got. I got it from Eagles and Angels. Those of you that are listening to this, go to Eagles and Angels. So what Eagles and Angels do is they reach out to certain veterans and they get their uniform and they cut patches. So you see behind this American, this is yeah. a leather patch. Behind it, there's a piece of camo. That's so cool. And that's from a Vats uniform? Mm-hmm. And here's that the is. coolest part about it. I get goosebumps because I love, I love connections and storytelling cool. and stuff. Yeah. This patch comes from a lady called Mandy Thomas. And if you go to the very last episode that we just released in Blood Origins, we released Mandy Thomas's episode about going from a non-hunter like you <laughs> to being a hunter. That's crazy. And I swear I did not even set that up for you. I just genuinely like the hat. But that was a good segue. That was an amazing segue, man. We're like on this wavelength. You called me South African. This is like amazingness. Amazingness. Katie Allen, um, not someone that is probably familiar with the Blood Origins project or the Blood Origins brand or even the hunting community, yet here you are. Yes. On the Blood Origins podcast. Yes. So why don't you just give everyone a just a little introduction to who Katie Allen is? Uh, okay, where do I even begin? Uh, I am a mother of three boys and a wife of one boy. And I am, I don't, I hate when people ask me what I do because I don't even really have a good word to call it. Um, but I have a food blog called yep. Savoring the Flavoring. Um, and yep. that's also my, you know, the corresponding Instagram account. And I do kind of, I don't like to like pigeonhole myself into one category of cooking or one style of anything at all, but kind of, it basically just follows how I feed my family in a, in a kind of relatively healthfully way. And I'm, I'm really big on ingredients and high quality ingredients and knowing where they come from really mm. big on, you know, local food and our local. Would you call farmers. yourself a locavore? Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's, that'll be my job title from now on is a locavore. And I'll, you just say locavore tagged by Blood Origins. Yes, the CEO of locavore and I will give you credit. So locavore is obviously, so, you know, most of your foods, you try and source them locally or around the area. You're from Georgia, seasonal fruits, seasonal vegetables, that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, yes. I am. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm originally from Texas, moved to Georgia when I was a teenager, then right out of college, moved to California, um, and then met my husband there, had all my kids there uh, in Southern California. So over there, it's very, very easy to find all kinds of great stuff year round at farmers markets. Um, obviously, a lot of agriculture happens there. And so when we moved back to Georgia, it became a little bit more of a challenge to, mm -hmm. especially in rural Georgia, like mm -hmm. we are, um, it's just more of a challenge. So it's, it, that's kind of where I started with the, the uh, blog and the Instagram account is just kind of making that transition and how I was doing things 
in a way where I was still feeding my family the way that I wanted to, Mm -hmm. no matter where you are. Because most of us don't live in Southern California where, you know, you just have access to all of that year round. Yeah. So let me ask this. Does your husband hunt? No. My what? Husband, I mean, yeah. Uh, my, Holy my smokes. Husband, I need to speak to your husband. I know. I can bring him in here. Um, my husband is from New York. Okay. And it's just not a big thing up there, at least not where he's from. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I did not grow up around hunting at all. I have no relatives who hunt. I mean, you know, I, I'm assuming pretty far back they did, but... Uh, modern day, I do not, I just didn't grow up around it at all. Mm-hmm. Never even dated a guy who hunted. Wow. Um, so, but that's fun. Interesting. And the reason I say wow to your husband is that the hardest thing to find in my circles, because we like perspectives, like we like people like your husband and like you to provide their perspectives because it's typically unbiased. It's typically mm-hmm. very authentic. Yes. And it's very difficult to find find a white male that doesn't hunt. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. now especially now that it will, you know, allude to the story now that his wife has hunted. Yes. And he he makes jokes about it. Um when I got my first year, which was just uh 8 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um he, you know, he, he kept texting me. I didn't have my phone on me. And when I finally got to it, I saw that he was like, well, did you get anything? And, and so I just sent him the picture of me with the deer and he, we're on a text thread with his, his siblings and, you know, brother-in-law and all of that. So he sent a picture to them of me with the deer. And then right after that, he sent a picture to them of him doing the dishes he was at home with the with our with our sons and he was like yeah she's out you know hunting and i'm just here doing you know doing the dishes and the laundry she never takes me anywhere nice like just kind of you know playing poking fun at the sure, uh, sure. the reversals the the role reversal cuz he is he is very he's very like you know mr masculine guy and um very Mr. Like, you know, do you think he's interested now? Do you think it's, it's his interest has been piqued because so, you did it? I do. Um, he's just never had that that interest. He didn't grow up with with a father who was, you know, taking him to do this stuff. Like I said, it's not that big where he's from. Um, so he just never got into it. Uh, but you know, he's capable. He's athletic. He's all those things. He could do it. He loves shooting. Um, but he just has never really, mm-hmm. he's like, I could just, why do I need to do that? I'm the one who does all the cooking. So he's just mm-hmm. not really interested in it in any way. But when I did it and I kind of came home and he saw the meat and I told him, you know, this is what all we did. Um, he said, you know what? I actually, you, you're kind of inspiring me a little bit to, to go out and try it. Wow. He's, he was, he wow. was really, really proud. You're growing, you're growing your own tribe. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what about your boys? What about your boys? How old are your boys, by the way? My boys are, this is crazy. My boys are, my oldest is 13. So a newly minted teenager. So that's been fun. Um, and then uh, almost 11. And then my little one is nine and a half. 
do have they shot guns? They've never shot guns. Um, so dad they, would, has never taken them shooting. No, they uh, they've shot a BB gun. So okay. we'll take them out, you know, in the backyard because we've got mm-hmm. a, like a, some land, and we'll let them kind of shoot the BB gun at the target. They love that. They think that's awesome. But my my middle son is just a huge animal lover, which I try to explain to him. You can be both. You you can love animals, and um, but he's just not there yet. And um, and I always tell him, where do you think that steak comes from that you love so much? Where do you think these burgers are coming from? Um, and my oldest, he, I think. He says he he might want to go someday. I think he'd be more interested in the processing part. He's very into like science and and oh yeah and all that kind of stuff. And then my little one is my little my little firecracker. Yeah, my little firecracker. That's the best word. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's let's do this because obviously I'm intrigued. We've 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 piqued the interest of the viewers that you, Katie Allen, were a non-hunter. Mm-hmm. You have now become a hunter. You took a deer for the first time eight days ago. Yeah. Um, so does this mean I'm officially a hunter? If I if so I... there's so t- there's there's two trains of thought to that. Okay. In my perspective, you are. You have crossed the and here's here to me is the distinguishing characteristic, and then I'll I'll follow on with the second. Okay. You have decided, and you have spanned the chasm, and I call it a chasm very purposely between life and death. Mm. You were the instrument of, in that hundredth of a second, as you put your finger on the trigger, you made the decision that you were going to take life. Yes. And it's a big, big deal. A huge deal. And to me, that constitutes you being a hunter. Somebody that we just took, literally in the same time span you went, we were in Starkville. She took her first doe too. Lisa has a different mindset to hunting. Lisa was very much like, I don't consider myself a hunter. I consider myself to have hunted. Okay. But I'm not a hunter yet because to me, a hunter is, is almost a lifestyle connotation. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure on someone, right? Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the way that Lisa wanted to couch it. And but to me, if you have gone out and you have hunted, i.e., you have pursued an animal, you have chased an animal, there is an inherent maybe we're going to get it, maybe we're not kind of failure to it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've hunted, and you're a hunter. I'm going with that with that one with that <laughs> with that definition of hunter because I I think. The the one thing is I never want to to kind of encroach upon the territory of the men who have been doing this for or the or the women who have been doing this for, you know, their whole lives. So I never wanna come off as you know Of course. You don't want yeah, you know. Like even though you've been doing But this- you are. You are a part of this tribe. But I think you're approaching it the way that you're approaching it, like Respectfully. I, I don't know anything. Like, yeah. I just pulled the trigger. I know nothing. Yeah. Um, I think that everyone will take that with, with the respect that it, with it, that it deserves. Um, all right. So let me backpedal a little bit. Okay. Before, I want to understand a couple of things. I want to understand, number one, if you had to rewind a year ago, a year ago, was hunting even 
a mindset, a thought? So it's actually, it was actually right around this time a year ago that this kind of started. So I want to know before you started thinking about hunting, I I want to know what your perception was of hunting. Okay. So like I said, I grew up in, in Houston, Texas. Like that's where I was born. Um, and there even, at least in Houston, I know there are other place, areas in Texas where hunting is bigger. And maybe, again, it's just that I didn't grow up in a hunting family, so it wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, it just wasn't in my life. So I think the first time I really... Did you have heard... a perception? Because a lot of people say, I just didn't think of it. And if I had to press you, was it yeah. negative? Was it positive? Or was it just indifferent? So one thing about me is I'm not a very I'm not a very judgmental person and I I'm I'm pretty like open to everything because I think I don't ever want, you know, a few years down the road if I change my mind about something, I don't ever want someone to be able to come back and go, ha. So um I I don't think I ever really thought of it as bad or good. I I, I just once I moved to Georgia, that's probably as a teenager that's really the first time it entered my consciousness, to be honest. And I just kind of thought, you know, it's, it's a certain type of person who goes hunting and it's going to be a dude and it's going to be, they're going to be very Southern and they're going out there. And I probably thought like they're out there drinking beer and, you know, they have dip in their mouth and, Mm -hmm. and you know, they're spitting and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm, you know, I guess I probably did have a stereotype in my mind of who hunters were. Um, but I didn't think, oh, they're horrible people because they're, you okay. know, I, I just thought this is, they enjoy doing this and they do it for food. And, and I remember in college, some guys who, who were hunters would kind of, you know, make some of it sometimes on the grill didn't know what they were doing in terms of cooking it. Right. But, um, so that was kind of my first introduction uh, to... So a year ago today, so, something okay. happened. Something happened that caused you that we were like, hmm. So uh, uh, probably a couple years ago, right around this time, because um, this is obviously the season, uh, one of my best friends her husband is it has been hunting his whole life and he had gotten a doe and so you know he brought it back and obviously they do all the processing there at their house they have all the stuff you know that they need and he obviously has the know-how he's been doing this his whole life so we just happened to be over there or i think actually she said we're, you know, we're processing this deer today because we were going over there for something else. And I said, oh, I, I'm obviously big into food. I was like, I would love to help. So we went over there. This is a couple years ago. And we spent the entire afternoon together in the kitchen with like Prosecco in one hand and, and these really sharp knives in the other. And we just were processing this, this deer. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, Ryan's showing John, my husband, and I this is what you do and you got to cut this off and then we're going to do this. And it was just, I just thought it was so interesting and so cool. And 
So, you know, for, that was maybe like the seed that was planted a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And and then it's kind of been like little little baby steps like that. So then around this time last year, I I don't know what it I don't think it was any one thing in particular. I think I just kind of felt this urge like pulling at me to learn more about it. Yeah. And and I think I'm so big on knowing where my food is coming from and knowing mm-hmm. how I, I know there's that old saying no one likes to see the sausage get made, but I'm the opposite of that. I want to know do y'all have that saying in South Africa? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I want to know everything. It's and... like we live in a foreign, like third world country. Come on, Katie. <laughs> Under a rock. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have spent the last few years of my like career, as you would say, um, doing a lot of. I have a lot of relationships with different producers, ranchers, farmers, growers. Um, and so I've, my favorite part has always been going to the facilities, going to the ranches, to the farms, and just seeing all of it. And I think that that is probably the foundation of what mm. has kind of like created this this need and desire to to explore all of that even further. And just first of all, falling in love with venison from my friend and and her husband who, you know, process it all. And, and then going, okay, well, you You can't just go to the butcher and buy venison. So if I want venison, I'm going to have to do it myself because my dad's not going to do it. He doesn't hunt. My husband's not going to do it. He doesn't hunt. It's got to be me. So that's, I think where that came from. And I, I bought a book online about hunting whitetail and what did you buy what to uh what book did you buy do you know i don't it's in the other room i could go don't get worry it. About it no no i was just curious i, was just I can curious. give it to you and you can put it in the notes nah don't worry about no? it no okay Mm-mm. so let's so fast forward you did everything you came into the season was so, it your friend's husband that took you so okay so i I got the book and then I decided I'm going to do this. And, but I really wanted deer. So obviously this was like December of last year. Um, I obviously didn't have my license yet. So, um, Ryan, who's my friend's husband, he, I had told them because I happened to see them right before the start of this new year. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a hunter. I'm going to go hunting. And they were so encouraging. And so on the second day of January, after everyone was back home from like the different Christmas vacations, uh, I went with Ryan and my friend to their property that they hunt on. And I was just kind of an observer to see if I would like it. Um, And we didn't get anything that day. But I think it was maybe the last day he hunted for the season. He ended up getting a doe. And I came over and it was really cold so they could hang it for a couple of days. And I came over and he was like, he showed me exactly how to skin it, how to quarter it. And so I, that was like another little baby step mm-hmm. to see kind of, okay, do I still like this? Cause that was the first time I had seen a deer like that. Right. And it didn't freak you out. It didn't freak me out. It was 
I definitely felt emotions about it because I had never seen that before. I've seen living deer a million times, but being that close to this animal and kind of looking at all the different parts, but in terms of opening it up, it didn't freak me out at all. I, I enjoy, that sounds psychotic. I, I enjoy seeing it all, you know, and, and, and knowing that I can do that. So, so then from there in February, I got my license. And, and then I just sat there and waited for a month for the season to start. So, so you went out. So was this, so who took you, I want to just give a sort of a a recount of the hunt. Did you have multiple hunts before this hunt? Was this the first time? This was my very first licensed hunt. So I have three boys, as I said, so, and I'm, I'm at home with them. So it's been the craziest fall ever. And so I was kind of sitting here a little bit anxious because I was thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go. What am I going to do? And then the other catch is, and I don't think men run into this as much. And I wish there were more things and maybe there are, and I just don't know about them, um, that would kind of help in this area. But as a woman, I felt like I'm kind of in a, in a weird spot because, you know, men that do this, they've been doing it their whole lives for the most mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. They have their buddies that they go with. They mm-hmm. have their, their traditions that they do. They look forward to this all year, all year long. And, you know, they like to go and be men and like do all their dude things. And, and I didn't really feel like, especially, you know, a lot of these guys are married. I, it was just, it's a weird dynamic to go, Hey right. guys, can I go with you to, you know, on your hunt? Sure. Don't mind I can me. Understand that. You're going to have to tell me exactly what to do and it's going to completely ruin your vibe. But it, it I can I just, tell you this though. I can tell you this, that a lot of people, a lot of guys, my age, our age, um, are, would, would actually relish that more. Yeah. To take someone, if someone, yeah, if someone said, I want to go hunting, there's just, you'll get this, you'll get this one day, but there's something about that taking someone hunting yeah, and seeing them do it for the first time. Yeah. Like I get goosebumps just talking about it. I can, I can, I can imagine that. I mean, it's the same thing I feel about once I get good enough to be the teacher rather Mm -hmm. than the student. I can totally see. I I can't wait to take hopefully at least one of my sons and or even my husband and and watch them do it because so this is a segue into actually who took me but I my chiropractor it's he's my chiropractor and then his wife runs the kind of like the office like the front desk and I had told them somehow it had come up when I was there at one point. Oh, you know, I got my hunting license and I'm really excited. I didn't even know he hunted. Didn't know mm-hmm. at all. And he said, oh, I, I've been hunting my whole life. And what are you going to hunt? Blah, blah, blah. And immediately it kind of like sparked something. And I'm like, so every time I would go in after that, because I go in once a month and take all my boys too, um, he would say, so have you been on a hunt? Are you ready to hunt? Uh, and of course, every time I was like, no, I haven't, I, I don't know when I'm going to go. I haven't figured it out. I don't want to like put anyone out. And so he had said at one point, well, I'll tell you what, 
once I get my first one this season, then if you want to come on, on my land and hunt, I'll take you. I'll be happy to. And I said, oh, that would be great. So, of course, I didn't ask because I I yeah. still felt badly. Um, yeah. And then about a week prior to the hunt, his wife reached out and said, hey, have you been yet? Because if not, Rob would love to take you. So I said, hell yes. So it was planned and I was so excited and I was so nervous and I, I already had like my hunting outfit all ready to go and everything. And, you know, he gave me like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Don't mm-hmm. put on any fragrance, wash mm-hmm. your stuff and like, you know, fragrance free stuff and then put it outside. Mm-hmm. So it kind of smells like the outside. Don't put on any like wash your hair with just water. Don't do it. Like just telling me everything to do. And I told him, cause a couple of times he would start to tell me something when I first got there. Um, but then he would go, sorry, if you already know this, you know, I don't. And I said, I'm going to stop you right here. I don't know anything. So sure, sure. That's like, great. I'm learning all of this for the first time. So just assume that I know none of this and don't ever feel badly about telling me no matter how basic because chances are I probably don't know so I I it was it was the perfect scenario because it was on his land so he knows it so well he's got trail cams out there and so he knows you know the goings on mm-hmm. in his in his woods so he had set up a we we hiked in to or up to the ridge where he had already set up the blind Mm-hmm. Um, at like three thirty in the afternoon, and he, you know, he was telling me, okay, before we before we went out, he was like, okay, go ahead and you know put your cartridge in, and go ahead and take your safety off, and do this and do that. Like he told me at every point, now you want to do this, now you want to do that, and that was just invaluable. To sure, have that. Of it made me feel so much more comfortable and so much safer. Mm-hmm than I would have felt if I were just kind of mm-hmm. going in blind. No so you sat in the blind and you saw a lot of deer? You just saw one deer? And we sat in the blind and based off of my experience with the the first time I had gone to observe in, you know, in January, I was expecting to be sitting there for a long time before we saw anything. And we were probably only sitting there for like 30, 45 minutes before um the first doe came in from the right and he had told me you know i already had everything all my my rifle was already through the little hole like the peekaboo hole in the front and but i was kind of you know like sitting back a little bit and so when the first one came in he was like oh you know you want to look for horizontal lines and you know blah 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 and i didn't see it for a minute i was like where where and and then finally I saw her and he had told me they're probably going to stop right there in front of that tree. And I thought, okay, well, what are the odds they would stop right there? Um, but he said there were like mushrooms growing there or something that they like to, to nibble on. So that's why he had positioned the blind where he had. Mm-hmm. And again, the fact that it was his land that he had those, those trail cams out and that, you know, he knew kind of like their patterns. That was huge. 
in terms of actually being able to see of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so once you saw that deer for the first time, did you feel any different than what you typically, if you saw like a deer on the side of the road driving by? I am glad you asked that question because it was crazy to me. I, where we live, we're on like three acres, so not huge, but definitely big enough to where, and where we back up to a horse farm. So okay. we have deer walking through our yard every single day for the most part. And I love watching them and I, and I always do. It's, and it's, it's not anything novel at this point. It's, I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't expecting when I saw a deer in, in this capacity, I know it is a different capacity, but because it's kind of like, you know, the, the prize that you're seeking, but it was, it was surprising to me how, how different my body felt and like the reaction that I had emotionally to seeing this animal that I'm so used to seeing every day. Why do you think your body reacted differently? I mean, I can only imagine that it, like I said, that it's because I was actually like, this is probably a lot of different things. Number one, this is like the thing that I am actively seeking. This is the mm -hmm. thing I'm here for. But I think on top of that, knowing that I was possibly about to take its life and I have never done that before. And and so that made me feel a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not a particularly emotional woman. So it was interesting too to sit there and feel all of these different emotions just like running through my entire body and my brain and and you know being on the verge of tears and then also being really really excited and like feeling just like my body was like shaking and it, Adrenaline just pumping yeah, through your it, body. It felt like, like I think I wrote this, like that every cell in my body was lit up. Mm -hmm. So what we call that, what I like to call that, is you recognizing that when you were drinking coffee in your kitchen and watching deer go by, you were observing those deer. Mm -hmm. When you saw that deer in the blind, you were participating in this cycle of life. Yes. that we are so disconnected away from. And that's why your cells were just like, holy smokes, I'm about to be part of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting that you said disconnected from, because that's, I think that's another, I have felt up to this point much more connected to my food than the average American, at least. Um but even at the level that I operate at with my food, there, it didn't, it, it doesn't even come, come close, close right? to this. So that dough that stepped out, that was the dough that you took. So I, I believe that ultimately was the one. But there um, were a couple more that came out. Yeah, she came out first, and then another one came out right behind her. You know, they're typically they're not alone, and. But she's the one who, they didn't ever change, um, you know, position. Like she was mm -hmm. always the one who was in front. So mm -hmm. I am relatively certain that that first one is the one mm -hmm. that I ended up taking. So 
she came in, she stopped to kind of nibble. Well, so when she first was coming in and she was over to the, you know, ahead to the right a little bit still. And so I'm sitting there watching and he said, Rob said, okay, obviously we're whispering all of this. He said, okay, you need to, you know, get in position and just like get, get to where you could see in your scope just to see, you know, mm-hmm. how it looks, if what shot you would take. He was like, don't worry mm-hmm. about taking a shot. Mm-hmm. You're just watching. You're just kind of looking to see right now. And he was like, and you don't even have to take a shot at all if you don't feel comfortable. You can just watch him if you want. It's completely up to you. So he was great and took all the pressure off. But, you know, he would kind of, so I, I was I was kind of sitting back like this, holding onto my rifle, but then I had to kind of, get up to to be able because here, here's another hitch in this Gideon is I am right we don't by the way we don't say that in South Africa okay <laughs> well we do here um I am right-handed and left eye dominant oh okay so, yeah oh sorry about that um yeah so I'm gonna have to learn how to shoot left-handed um but he had said you know for now don't worry about it. Just for now, just kind of do what you're comfortable with. So not only do I have to kind of sit up, but I also kind of have to like, you know, <laughs> like kind of. Yeah. Get your eye over. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I'm trying to do all of this in like a really slow fluid motion because this deer seems like she's looking right at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was doing the little like kind of, like psych out, like fake drop in her head, like she was going to eat and then looking right back up. And, and so he would kind of go freeze. Okay. Now you can move again. Freeze. Okay. Now you can move again. So it was, it was, it was also kind of like me sitting there worrying that at any moment I was just going to move too much and she was going to see me and bolt. So it was, it was, it was a lot to, a lot to think about. And it was just really, really cool to be, to feel like I was hunting this animal and I had to do all of these things to make sure I didn't spoil it. And so she eventually felt, I guess, okay again and walked through. And that's when she stopped kind of 50 yards directly ahead. And, and then the other one came through and stopped, you know, just behind her and they were kind of eating. and. And I had a perfect shot for a while and I didn't know how long they were going to stay there, but you know, I'm just like sitting there looking through the scope and then I, it must not have been the, the barrel must not have been sticking that far out of the hole. And I was so busy looking in the scope that I didn't realize that it was kind of, kind of inching back into the blind and it kind of just went like that and made just the slightest little noise and motion um, with my rifle kind of falling back into the blind. And so they both looked up and I was like, damn it, like I know this is gonna be it. And I just kind of froze and they went back to eating. So I was like, okay. So I had to kind of slowly put the rifle back in there. And I just, it felt like it was 30 minutes that I was sitting there watching them, but I'm sure it was like two. And So I just kept sitting there looking through my scope, looking at this perfect shot that I had like burned into my mind from all the books and the diagrams that Mm -hmm. I had looked at. 
like, oh my God, this is exactly what it is. It's perfectly broadside. Like she's right there. I could get it right there. And, and I just was, I didn't have the gumption. I was just chickening out. And, and I, I, you know, I was feeling all the emotions and sure, of course. oh my God, this is so final. And she's so beautiful. And like, she's, you know, she's trusting me right now to not do this by standing there, you know, being vulnerable, like eating and just all of these different things running through my mind. And then when I kind of, I kind of finally was like, okay, this is to bring home meat. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to do that. So as soon as I got the nerve up, the second one came in and, you know, she's standing here. The second one's standing there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a shot anymore because I would have hit, you know, I would have yeah. just probably injured one of them. Yeah. Um, so then I had to kind of wait until they parted again. And as soon as they parted again, I, I felt like, okay, I've got to, if I can have, if I have my shot, I've got to take it because they're going to leave. And I, I, I sat there, I was looking in my scope and I was saying to Rob, did I take it? Should I take it? And I don't know if he wasn't hearing me, but I kept saying, should I take it? Should I take it? Kind of waiting for him to tell me, yes, do it. And he said, if you want to take it, take it. So as soon as I heard those words, I pulled the trigger. And this is another funny thing. I got this rifle. My husband bought me this rifle for my birthday in February. And we could not find ammo for it. So I didn't get ammo for this gun until Friday. And this hunt was on Sunday. Mm. And so I had never shot this rifle. And like my, my friend's husband went and sighted it in for me because I couldn't, I couldn't get, he was going hunting anyway and I couldn't be there. So I had never shot this rifle. And so I didn't even know what it was going to sound like. I didn't know I've shot other guns and and rifles, but not this one. So there was just so much in my mind, like what's going to happen when I pull this trigger. And, and I think when I pulled it, I, I must've closed my eyes and it's just natural on the first time you shoot something yeah i i that's good to hear <laughs> at least i don't feel like a total a total novice well i am but um and i just remember hearing because you know when you're not seeing anything it's like the hearing takes over and i remember hearing like scrambling through the woods mm-hmm. and and i remember thinking oh that wasn't as loud as i thought it was going to be and and I was expecting because I heard the scrambling and because I've never done this before, I thought, hmm, well, I missed. And, but that's okay. That was really cool anyway. And, and then when I opened my eyes, I, I saw, and this is probably just like a second of this, but I saw legs going like that mm-hmm. up in the air. And then just as quickly as I'd seen that, it just slumps it. Done. Yeah. And I looked at Rob and I burst into tears and he, he's sitting there kind of like laughing and like got this huge grin on his face and he was like patting me on the back, like you did it, you did it. And, and it just kind of, you know, everything was catching up. Like my, my instinct, my instinctual reaction was just, I don't even, it was part sadness, I'm sure with the tears, but then also just part like 
relief and mm-hmm. just disbelief mm-hmm. and pride and and a rush of adrenaline and emotion. And again, I'm not a super emotional person. I probably tend to stuff that stuff down. So to just kind of let it all out was a different feeling. Mm-hmm. And and it, yeah, it was it's kind of addictive though. So the post that I saw was you behind your dough and then there were th- three or four n- sort of note posts, right? You yeah, must have yes, gotten yes. into your notepad in your notepad and your phone for the caption alone. <laughs> So you captured everything, and for those that haven't seen it, they need to go and read it because that's what made me reach out to you. Um, I'm curious, and here's where almost the rubber meets the road. Now that you're a, now you're a part of our tribe, yes. You decided not to hide it. Yes. You decided, because let's be honest. What would you say? Your community that follows you, you've got 80,000 people, 90,000 people that follow you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. About that, about that. Yeah. 80% non-hunters? Would that be a fair statement? Probably, because it's mostly it's mostly women. And, you know, obviously there just aren't as many women in this in this space. And being in food inevitably a lot of them are going to be maybe vegetarians, maybe vegans. I know that I have Mm -hmm, people who follow mm -hmm. me who are like that. And, and you know, they must be fine with seeing meat because I post about meat all the time and I've, and I've posted. It's different. different. Yes. Yes. And I've posted many times this year that I was going to be pursuing this. Um, But I think, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some of the people who commented negatively said, you know, well, the fact that you would show this picture and you're you're sitting there smiling, like, you know, we don't need to see that. It's psychotic, blah, 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 blah. And I was fully aware before I posted it that, that, that some people would have that reaction. Um, did you consider not posting? Did I consider not posting it? Mm-hmm. Hell no. No, because I think one thing about me is that I, if someone tries to tell me what I can or can't do or can or can't say, I just don't deal with that very well. I don't like that whole, I don't, it seems like there's a lot of that nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And I'm not going to placate people who do want to create that whole world. And, you know, I, I get that not everyone wants to see how the sausage gets made like I do, Mm -hmm. but, and I, and I, I, I wouldn't have posted all the processing pictures that I thought were really cool. Um, because those are a little bit more gory. Um, and I made sure, you know, it was a respectful picture. There was no blood showing. Um, as most people do when I see those, those pictures, but, um, I just am not willing to, to hide something that I am really proud of that I did and something that I hope will continue to be a part of who I am. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not going to act like I am by, by hiding it. And I think that 
I, if someone wants to be there with me on this account, that I want them to be there and, and love it for all of it. And, and even the things that maybe they don't fully agree with, I, I still want to be surrounded by the types of people who are mm -hmm. open to everything. Have an appreciation for it, even though you yeah. may not agree with it. You're okay. You're allowed to have a differing opinion, yeah. but appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, and respect me enough mm -hmm. to to just kind of go, okay, well, I don't love this. That's Bambi, whatever the things that people are saying. But by by now, they should know me well enough to know that it's not me being disrespectful. That's quite the opposite. And knowing how I am in terms of the origins of my food, I I, I hope that they could understand. And the funniest part is actually that most of the people who were commenting negatively were not vegans. I had several vegans who reached out and, and commented or, you know, vegetarians or I haven't eaten meat in 20 years, blah, 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 and saying very, very nice things. It was surprisingly women who do eat, eat meat. meat. Yeah. Exactly. And, and were furious and this is disgusting. I'm unfollowing. And I did take a big hit. I don't actually look at my numbers purposely um, because it's just not good for me mentally, but my dad does. And so my dad had told me, okay, so you took a massive hit and he, but he was all excited. He said, but guess what? You actually gained in the, in the long run. And that's great, but that's not why. Sure. I did it. But I mean, that's, that's obviously great to hear. But I, I was just, I was very surprised by people who clearly post meat all over their accounts and have no problems eating it. But I was surprised that those were the people that seemed to have the biggest problem. Because mm -hmm. in their minds, according to what they said, there's a big difference, and that their meat is okay, and their meat is ethical, because it was raised. Well, it's that. completely the opposite. So exactly. one of the one of the things that I want you to take very, very seriously, and you can follow us at Blood Origins because we'll give you the information day in and day out, is that you now have an obligation. You are a part of this tribe, and because and you're and and I don't mean to put pressure on you, but because <laughs> your community is so strong in the non-hunting space. Mm -hmm. It's almost more imperative for you to have everything baked in your brain in terms of how you respond and interact with people, right? Yeah. And so when someone says, how could you kill that animal? You should go to the grocery store and get your meat. You know the answer already, which because you're a foodie. But in terms of like how an animal can live, how an animal can die, how an animal um, is is cared for, is managed – you can't get something that is more free range, more ethically taken than a an animal that is harvested through hunting. Yes. And that no and you know exactly where the meat came from, number one. You know what hands touched that meat yep. as well. Because it's just yours. Mm -hmm. Um and that's really the easiest argument in our from a hunting perspective. When someone eats meat, you say, and I hate to be crass about this, but it's like you are subcontracting your killing out. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing the dirty work here for myself. 
Yeah. And for me, it was, and it's, I know it's not like this for everyone, but for me, it was important to me that I, that I felt not to sound cheesy, that I felt like I got to honor the deer, that I got to thank her and not that she can hear me at that point, but, um, there's a part of me. It's not cheesy at all. Yeah. Well, that's what I, so I, you know, I was just sitting there and, and, you know, had my hands on her and I was shocked by how clean she was. And how soft her coat was. Yes. Just all of that. And, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's obviously white on the belly and, and, and I'm just sitting there thinking, good Lord, this animal is cleaner than my cats. It's, it's crazy. And, and just pristine and and obviously still warm. And I, I was just... Oh, you didn't tell me you're a crazy cat lady. I'm not a crazy cat lady, but here's the thing. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I have three little boys and a husband to take care of. I cannot handle a dog on top of that. <laughs> Too high maintenance. So, we, you know, they were begging for pets or for a pet. Um, and we just happened to fall in love with a kitten that had a sister and I could not separate them. So mm. we came home with two cats. <laughs> so, you know, people, again, it's a phenomenal story. It's a phenomenal perception changing narrative that we'd like to tell at Blood Origins. Um, I'm so grateful for you. I'm really grateful because the people that you can touch now and the things that you can explain now are game-changing for what is so important to me. The reason I built Blood Origins is that I have two young boys. Oh, how old are they? He, uh, the oldest just turned 10, and the youngest is 8. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm from South Africa. They're raised American, and they have a lot of privileges that they can undertake here in this country that I couldn't in South Africa, one of which is being able to hunt, being able to hunt publicly, privately, all that. You couldn't and hunt to, there? You could. It's a very expensive endeavor. It's okay. built almost essentially for American market, but there is no, there's not a single ounce of public ground in South Africa that you can get a license for to go hunt on. That's, yeah? that's crazy. So the opportunity that this country has given me and now has given my boys is not lost to me. So I'm not going to, I don't want to lose that for them. And so that's why we do, that's why I've built that origins the way that I've built it. I love that. that. And you've built it up nicely. Oh, thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that. And you have Um, a new follower now. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we did get, uh, you got sent to me by Mark Williams, and Mark Williams is a, a Georgia commissioner of the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries because they had your post on there. Oh, Georgia on their, Wildlife. On Georgia Wildlife. Yeah. And one of the commissioners, like the top guy in the state. Wow. Who looks after the resources, <laughs> sent me your post. No big deal. <laughs> no, no, we don't want that's you getting really, a bouquet. That's no. so cool. So, yeah, so thank you, Katie. Um if there's anything I can ever do for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Honestly, I was thinking about, I think I need to take your husband hunting and take you at the same time and almost film the entire endeavor. I think you should. And Where are you? You're a central time zone. Mississippi. I'm in Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay, not far. And uh, we have some great friends in Georgia. And one of the things um, 
we've got some great friends in Georgia, so we've got some good opportunities to hunt. Um, you totally, I, you totally should come do that because that would be not only a hoot to see, but it would be so cool for him to to get to learn. Sure. From a, from a guy too, I think he would be more mm-hmm. open to learning from a guy than from his. No, wife. no, I'm not saying he needs to learn from you because, as you said, you're a novice. Yeah. Um, but it'd be cool for you to be there. Yeah, I would love as to he, see that as he does it for the first time. Um, so yeah, count us in. Uh, we've got a lot of things to do in Georgia. There's some cool stories to do in Georgia. So um, yeah, I'm here. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly katie anything on your on your heart that we may not have covered that folks hearing you for the first time just i'm i told my husband that you know like i said i i'm i'm i consider myself a pretty open like non-judgmental person i like to like explore all the different facets of life and and I, I, I think that it's rare to find a group of people who embody that. And 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 that's one of the reasons I'm so excited to join this tribe, as you call it, because every hunter I know thus far, I know that, you know, it's, there are many different types of hunters, but everyone I know thus far, including yourself, um, is just that type of person. They're, they're just, they jump right in. They want, like you said a little bit ago, they, they want to help you. They, they want to, to welcome you into this family. They want you to learn these things because they want it, like you said, to live on into the future and they don't want it to die off this, this skill. It's just such a primal skill that we, I feel like we, we should know how to do. And and I'm just, I, I feel very, very honored and very happy to, to be joining a group of people that are this cool, for lack of a better word. I appreciate that. No, we're grateful for you. Um, and again, reach out if you need anything, okay? I will. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.